0: And welcome. This is Teaching History from Multiple Perspectives. I have with me Judy and Rhonda. I'm very excited to have this conversation because I feel like we are going to deep dive into how teaching history from this kind of perspective helps your children have a broader World lens, um, a, a bigger idea of the world, and helps bring the world into your home too, which is really kind of a cool aspect of teaching history. History from this perspective. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna let Judy and Rhonda introduce themselves. Hi, Judy. Welcome.
1: Hey, Steph. It's good to be here with you, and I'm excited about this topic too. I think it's going to be great. Um, I am Sunlight's Marketing Sales Manager. I'm also a retired homeschool mom. And grandmother to second generation Sunlighters.
0: Very good. Welcome. Hi, Rhonda.
2: Hello. How are good you?
0: Good to be here.
2: Um, yes, I am a Sunlight Curriculum consultant, and I get to travel around and help mamas figure out how to school their children and educate their kids the way I was able to and have loved it. And and just like Judy, we're now I'm looking at second generation homeschoolers with sunlight with my daughter's baby. So amazing.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I feel like both of you taught your children um, with this sort of history perspective. So it's going to be a great conversation. I'm Stephanie Rose. I'm the community manager at sunlight. And so let's get started. Let's first talk about the goals of sunlight and how, you know, we, we have 10 very high level goals, but how some of the goal those goals really help form this um, this whole way of teaching history?
1: Well, like you mentioned, Stephanie, <clears throat> excuse me, we, we do have a list of, of 10 goals, um, and you can find those on our website um, if you want to read them in detail, um, but I think as I think back over um, educating my kids with sunlight, one of those goals just really always impressed me. And it was in the back of my mind as, as we went through the years of teaching history from multiple perspectives. And that was that this approach to learning was helping me and my husband to raise children with God's heart for the world. Because when you see multiple perspectives, when you view history from a lot of different viewpoints, Um, you can help your children see and and understand and comprehend um, the viewpoints of other people, other cultures um, during different time periods in history. And it really does help them to develop a heart um, much like what God has for all people. And so I think that's probably the the most dominant um, goal that Sunlight has with a literature-based approach to teaching um, but we're also um, focusing on teaching culturally literate students, students who are aware of what's going on around them, are familiar with how culture developed over time. Um, we're inspiring kids to honor Christ in their life, in their words, in their interactions with other people, and really just preparing them to step out into life um, mature and ready to take on the world, to make a difference in the world for God. So very definitely a good set of goals to kind of wrap your mind around as you consider uh, teaching in this fashion. I think too, um, one of the things that strikes me is that we focus a lot on teaching children to understand that they need to listen first, try to understand first before they judge and before they um, try to get other people to understand them. Um, I know even as an adult, it's hard for me sometimes to sit with my mouth closed and listen to someone else's perspective and really focus and listen instead of in my mind trying to uh, generate my response before it even happens. And So I don't know, Rhonda, I I think that was very valuable, a very valuable skill that this helped to teach my kids.
2: What I was thinking while while you were talking was that, yes, absolutely, we're teaching from his, we're teaching from multiple perspectives, but at the same time, and just as importantly, is we're giving the children a very strong foundation in God's word and beginning with who he is and what his heart is and that starts in those family time bibles and things like that those bible stories from the very beginning and i think that's huge because you you, you're not going to be able to understand other people if you don't understand who god is and what he did when he you know created us and and just all those foundational facts so i think the way that sunlight has um in in gradual steps teaches about God's word and teaches God's character teaches then who we are as people and the conflict between um, God's goodness and our ability to choose not good Um, that those are those are foundational pieces so when um, one book that I was thinking of is in the pre-k especially um, one of the first books that we look at with the kids and and it's just from the get-go we're starting that that multiple perspectives is that beautiful book, people, that, that people book. And remember, it has this fabulous, glorious page of, of all these people's noses. And like, <laughs> oh, let's compare. And what does your nose look like? And look at their nose. And, and right away, you're allowing for all the beauty of God's creation. It looks different than you, but you're seeing how that, that's, that's all God. That's all him. He did all this. And we love those people because this is also God's creation. And then there's fabulous pages in that book that has, um, this is how some people live. This is the house that their house looks like. Does this look like your house? And see, we're starting that process of getting children to be able to listen and look and understand instead of saying, well, that's not how mine is. Instead, appreciating the glory of what that other person might have, or games they play, or food they eat, all the things just, and that's, you know, at a four year old level, four or five in there. <laughs> just the beginning. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it lays a foundation, too, I think, for yes. helping children learn to become ambassadors. I mean, a good ambassador is able to um, interact but, with people of all cultures and to do it with grace and humility and never with judgment. And I think that's right. where it starts for sure. I do.
2: I do. And the sunlight really continues that right on. I think I was thinking of another book, the windows on the world, um, going, and I, I definitely remember, cause that one is not just looking at like, let's look at the people of, I don't know, Ghana or something. It's Looking at also people groups, not just countries, mm-hmm. and understanding that what that there's different types of people who are living different ways in the same country, and understanding how then you're all going to get along and how how to be respectful of, of what those people are thinking. Still, you know your truth because you taught the children God's truth. But anyway, that's one other book that I was that I think is kind of paramount and able to pray for those post people. In, in other words, try to step in their shoes for a little bit when you're reading those pages. So a little bit older, older example.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, before we sort of move on from that subject, we talk a little bit about that being a goal too, is like learning. Well, I don't know if it's a specific goal, but learning to pray for other countries mm-hmm. and how that yeah. helps as well. Yes.
2: So yes. That's a
0: really good, um, that's a really good thought too. Is that there are those books that help you look at those countries and pray for them as yeah, well.
1: Absolutely, I saw from you. Yes, and learning to focus on on other people and kids don't come wired that way, mm-hmm. um, and even as adults, it's hard to be wired that way sometimes, um, because we tend to look here first. And so to teach them through prayer for other people, that that's where your focus should be.
0: Yes. Yeah. So Sunlight often tackles the hard subjects. Mm -hmm. Can we talk a little bit about why that is and what the benefits of that are?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, history itself um, is not pretty. It's not um, sterile. It's full of uh, slavery and war and racism and oppression and genocide and just horrible, horrific things. Um, and so it's important that our children understand the results of those events and some of the people, um, who orchestrated those events through history and that they learn from those things. And the hard thing is, um, different people see history differently. So you and I could both um, be together at an event that takes place, and we could walk away from that event and tell an entirely different story as we relate to a third party, what had gone on there. And history is the same way. And so the value of being able to see those events through different perspectives, through different eyes, is just it's amazing it, because it helps children, number one, to understand that there is more than just their perspective or more than just one perspective, but it also helps them to be able to see history through the eyes of people who are very different from them.
0: Mm-hmm. When, when we tackle these different topics um, and look to foster you know, the, the global-mindedness there, um, We get a better worldview. Let's chat about the, like the conversations around these hard topics and these different topics and how the conversations really are the key to, um, to what we're doing there with this history perspective.
1: Well, I think you, um, for example, um, in some of our American history levels, we look at um, the arrival of English settlers through the eyes of the Native Americans that lived here before the English showed up. And so um, I think it's important to be able to say, okay, let's have some conversation about this. Let's put yourself in their shoes. Um, First, let's look at this from the perspective of those settlers who you know, were courageous and came across the ocean and um, just overcame almost insurmountable um, mm-hmm. hurdles that were in their way. And so you can see um, just their steadfastness and their their desire to conquer all of those things that stood in their way. And so there's a lot to um, admire and and be grateful for from their perspective, but then to be able to turn around and look at it from the perspective of um, the Native Americans who are already living here and the arrival of strangers and um, what would it feel like to have someone you know, remove you from your home or um, kind of move in to your home. And so it's, it's valuable to talk about and have discussion from that perspective as well, mm-hmm. I don't know, Rhonda. Maybe you can think of some other examples. That's yeah. the first one. We well, I was
2: thinking of like the sign of the beaver. Mm-hmm. Um, just that—that's such a fabulous idea. Of again, they're doing you know a little bit west westward expansion, and um, the little boy who is part of the settler thing is is left in the wilderness. And guess who takes care of him? It's, it's he become, he befriend, he's befriended by the Native Americans that are, are, that are there and their grace. I mean, they're a little suspicious of him at first, but their, their graciousness and teaching him things. And I think that's one of those stories that really does a beautiful job of, of showing in the end that we're all people and that we all want to be loved. And we all want to be secure and that we all have certain needs. And that that's probably one of my favorite, that's a very good example of mm-hmm. exactly what you're talking about, Judy, is you're able to look at it from both perspectives. You could see being afraid, like, okay, well, this is scary. I don't have anybody who has my color skin or my the way I've been taught to live here. And and but yet these people are embracing me. And being respectful of, of the way they're showing him to live. They teach the child to survive. And he wouldn't have survived without them.
0: So right.
2: yeah. the other amazing. thing to
0: remember too is
2: like there's
0: not just if this is happening in you know American history, what's happening in other parts of the world, and right. having that all meshed together as you read through the different history bible literature levels. Um, and maybe tying it together with a timeline book or something like that. You can exactly. really see what other things are happening
2: in the world at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, just like what Judy was saying with this, with the, you know, so early settlers coming because they want a different life. They want, ex- they want freedoms. They want the ability to do something. And then, but in Austria, we have that story of the white stallions of La Pisa. So just like what you're saying, where there's a child who grows as a a baker's child, but he doesn't want to be a baker's child. He doesn't want to be stuck. He wants different opportunities. So again, just that same, that humanity, that desire to do something and break into a place where people have prejudice against him because he is a baker's son. He's thought of less than, and he works what he does, what the child does in that case is he works really, really hard and has a lot of setbacks to kind of get to his goal of being able to ride these beautiful white horses.
1: I think it also um, helps to um, realize that like what you mentioned, Stephanie, with the timeline book, um, kids Mm -hmm. again, and even I as an adult, before I started um, using sunlight to teach my children, it just surprised me to realize how much of history was going on outside of the U.S. at the time that American history was unfolding. Um, and so to be able to give children not just a U.S. perspective, but a global perspective um, of how that part of history was just as real and um, just you know as important and certainly um, impactful ultimately on the history of our own country, but it was all happening at the same time. And to be able to give them a visual picture of that, not only in the literature that they're reading, but also in that timeline book where they can mm-hmm. see how those characters and events line up, mm-hmm. um, that, that's just very impactful, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. It really does grow the complexity. It shows the complexities of history, which is great. Yes. What about like you, we talked about this before, but let's go and let's talk about it a little more in depth, the seek to, um, understand first and then, um, then seek to be understood that world perspective really helps us hone in on those skills as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um, We like to say that sunlight is an education without indoctrination. Um, What does that mean? Can we talk a little bit about what that means and why it's important?
2: I think my favorite word here is is from C.S. Lewis and he talks about that what we do is we are inculcating which means that we're training we're educating or teaching. And when you're educating and when you're training, you're also teaching how to think and to think critically. And that's exactly what Judy has been talking about is that let's look at their perspective, but then let's think about another person's perspective. And that when you're doing that, that's exactly what you're doing is thinking, teaching that critical thinking and taking that time. And then, um, Judy, you want to talk about the scripture that just completely backs this up. Might be worth reading.
1: (laughs) Well, and before I lose the thought that you um, just had mentioned, um, I think the whole idea of indoctrination is that we just expect students to mimic back or parrot back um, what we teach them. We want them to you know, line up and and here's what truth is now, say it back to me. And um, when in reality, that's not what we're after at all. We want students who can think critically. And so instead of asking students to memorize dates and facts and just parrot them back to us, we're going to have conversation. And we're going to ask as students get older, more and more abstract types of questions, questions that make them stop and think about what do you think motivated that character to make that choice or to take that step, and how does that impact you? Um, If that character in history, if you're looking at an an actual event from a, a biography, a true story, what would have How would it have changed your life, perhaps, if that individual had made a different decision? And what would you have done if you were in that person's shoes? Um, How would you have responded or reacted? And so those kinds of um, critical thinking questions, stop and think. Don't just um, mimic back to me what you've memorized, as I said Mm -hmm. before. Um, That's where it becomes true education, or as Rhonda said, um, that that sense of inculcation as opposed to just telling students what they're supposed to believe is true. And I think for me, that probably is one of the greatest features of Sunlight's curriculum Mm -hmm. is that it has helped to develop um, now adults who think for themselves. and, And if they don't know what to think about something, they know where to go to find answers. And they're motivated to do that. And so I think that's huge. And I think this point um, Mm -hmm. that you introduced Stephanie is, is just critical when it comes to the whole idea of teaching history from multiple perspectives. This is why we do it
2: Mm
1: -hmm. for sure. Yeah.
0: You, we had identified a scripture that Mm -hmm. sort of explains this a little bit. Um, And it's Deuteronomy six, five through seven. I don't have it. I just have the I don't have it out. Does anyone have a Bible handy? I have it out. Yeah, you
2: do. Good <laughs> I job, I do. Um, Harold Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words, which I command you today, shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way. When you lie down and when you rise up you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates
1: That's a perfect description of a lifestyle of learning you it know is. it's it's not it's, just between eight and noon on it is weekday not. mornings
2: <laughs> it's not I see, I know this is, again, of course, it's me, and I'm so sorry, people, but I'm a literature person, <laughs> and so, but I go back to historically, the, that historical fiction, even, that we use, it's not just the factoids, it's the historical fiction, and I know we were talking about around the world, but also, I one of the, one of my favorite examples of this is, on an early level, when Strawberry Girl is you just think this is that is just sounds innocuous what a crazy little story but it's not it's incredible because the family moves into their strawberry farmers they move into florida and they move to these people who do horrible awful things to them and to their crop to their livelihood that are absolutely unfair it's not right they are being they are being (laughs) wounded and hurted hurt in their livelihood and I love the mother's response where she says, you know, we need to think about where they come from. I know they don't have these things. I know they don't have this. And that woman shows love and compassion and patience with these people instead of wanting to slap, you know, slap back and it's it's just like what Jesus did almost, you know, teaching in parable, teaching us how to live and not live. And that's what we're talking about. Yes, we're teaching children how to think critically but we're also teaching them how to live and how not to live. And what are the results when you choose a Christ-like response? And when you choose, you know, a response that is absolutely ugly. And I think that I always use that story to respond to my children in daily life. Cause I know some of you moms, like we're talking all this heavy stuff, you know, like critical thinking and all these things, but, but, and I know sometimes you're just in the in the trenches and you're just like getting worried about, you know, like, yes, your brother just took his book and like slapped you in the head and then took all your favorite toys and then dumped them in the, I don't know, in the mud or something. Mm -hmm. And this is a perfect example of a book where it talks about what do you do when someone does something absolutely horrible to you? Mm -hmm. What is our response? How does God want us to respond? And again, it's just that critical thinking. It's going back to that training and what we're training them is the statutes of God, right? We're teaching them the beauty of God and his laws and his love and his compassion for us and to extend that to those in our lives. And, and that's where, to me, that's, it's so practical. It's where the rubber hits the road. And I'm sure, Judy, you did the same thing in your homeschool world. I mean, I use Strawberry Girl to be like, yeah, you're right. Your brother did just something really horrible to you. What are you gonna do? How do we handle it?
1: Well, and I think the other part of it is not only are we teaching from um, multiple perspectives, but that book is an excellent example. We're teaching from the perspectives of multiple authors. And so the author of Strawberry Girl just did such a wonderful job of unfolding that story. And yet at the same time, teaching those character traits that are so necessary and important. And we see a multitude of authors in all of sunlight's levels that are able to do that. And, and with some of them, they've written beautiful series of books and we can only include one or two maybe. Um, But the rest of them are out there and you have all of that additional resource to go look at. But so it's, it's important not only to see history through the eyes of different cultures and different peoples, but also through the eyes of different authors.
0: Yes. And and it really does help with conversation. It helps you get through, you know, those questions and discussions. And you can really talk about the character struggles and uh, improvements, you know, how the character evolves that can really, those Mm -hmm. really good authors can help you um, do that.
2: Right, with a compassion. I mean, even on a more sophisticated level yes. with, um, in the British lit, with James Joyce's Dubliners, which is an incredible um, explanation and treatise and all the things that are wrong historically with, with Dublin, with Ireland that James Joyce saw and, oh my goodness, just like what you're saying, a different perspective. So, instead of looking at America and their issues, looking at Ireland, looking at the issues that have come up through all the different stories in Dubliners and allowing your child then to relate that to issues that they see here and how could we solve them and and are are the ways that people have tried to solve them in, in Dublin, has it worked or, you know, just and that's on a much more sophisticated level, but but a child's not going to be able to do that if you haven't been working through history and literature and teaching them God's word consistently all through the years of sunlight. And then they're ready for that kind of incredible rhetoric, rhetoric actually, level discussion.
1: And I think the other thing, too, is it it moves beyond those pages. Yes. Um, you have so many opportunities to go from conversation to actually putting feet to what you're learning, whether um, it means taking field trips to explore the locations where some of these events occurred, or maybe you um, really deep dive into some of the cultures in our um, Eastern hemisphere level, and you learn to cook meals from those cultures, and you learn to experience um, maybe some of the handiwork and Um, things like that. And so it's not just the pages of a book. Um, It's not just the conversation based on the pages of the book. You can expand it to be so very much more, um, to be able to see those perspectives come alive, Um, especially field trips. I always felt that was an amazing opportunity to stand in a location and then have a conversation about the book that told the story of what took place there. It, it just takes it to a whole different level.
2: It really does. And I think also just understanding about the people. I know when we were doing uh, the Eastern Hemisphere year, we went, I, I was able to find somebody, a locally owned Indian restaurant. And I explained to the gentleman who was of Indian descent and I explained to him what we had been studying. And he excitedly took us through the entire buffet and told us what province each food item was from. And he loved it. And he told us all kinds of story. And I would have never known to engage that way had I not been doing Eastern Hemisphere and had just studied with my kids. And you know, like I like we know that they learned a lot, but I I grew a lot <laughs> by doing this. But that was just a, a super amazing experience. Like you're saying, it didn't just stay in the home. And then we were able to touch that man's life and he touched our lives.
0: Well, and, you know, the other thing is by looking at how the author is approaching the subject, you really get the ability to um, see more than just your side and have those conversations with your kids too. And really let them in on your heart as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. So they get to oh, yeah. learn what you think. They get to hear the author's perspective. They might connect, they might not. Um, but then, you know, they can clearly make that decision on what they would like to move right. forward
2: with as well. Right. I was thinking too, many of the missionary stories, um, it, it would be tempting to think like, well, we wouldn't want to just come in and and go to another country and put in like Western culture or something or some such thing. And I think some of the stories that I'm thinking of like the word came with power um, by Joan Shetler. She went into the Philippines and she worked hard. She did a lot of watching just like what we're talking about and thinking and ways of understanding their culture enough to understand that the written word for them had a lot of power. And the moment that those people, um, they had a lot of you know, witch doctors and things that aren't of God that they were that they were involved in, and once they found saw God's word written for in their language, that was the piece that suddenly was transforming for that whole country. And it's not that Joan Shetler came in because she wanted to bring Western culture. No, she wanted to be bring the love of God to those people. Once they understood what he had done for them personally, then that's when their hearts and minds changed, and then their culture actually changed to be more Christ-like. And I love that, right? That it's it's not the it's not the people; it's that it's God, it's His transformative power. And I so many of the the missionary stories that's what they're showing. And they're, they're some of the best listeners sometimes of the, of the culture and of the people of not judging first, but listening, listening, because that's how you know how to reach them for Jesus.
0: What a great conversation. I appreciate the two of you joining and sharing all of this information with our audience. And I'm sure that, that it's helping someone out there. So thank you so much for joining.
2: My pleasure.